You smell what the rock is cooking? Wednesday. I possess superior strength. A trembling. When America's SmackDown hero takes on Voyager's Battlestar Bane, worlds will collide. I have no desire to inflict further damage. I'm afraid I can't say the same. Dakota to Voyager, beam her out of there! WWF's The Rock guest stars on an all-new Voyager. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. And this week on the show, we are talking about the Star Trek Voyager episode, Soon Katse. And that is not a Greek pop singer. Soon Katse. You got to <laughs> knock that one out of the park. Man, I, I've been practicing it all day. I had no idea how to say this. This is like T-S-U-K. They eventually say it in the show. Yeah. Uh, but until then, I was like, I don't know what the hell this show is called. Yeah, I know. I was hoping that they would say it during the episode. If not, I was like, how can we sort of work our way around not saying what episode <laughs> it is? <laughs> All right. So this is an episode of Star Trek what? Voyager. Voyager. Yes. Tell me, tell me, explain to me the pantheon of Star Trek, where this fits in. This was the fourth original series that aired, um, fourth of five. Okay, this. so, all right, mm-hmm. so let's go through this. So we have the, the Star Trek series that's from the 60s. Yes, the original series, which right. uh, I'm actually uh, uh, a co-host on a podcast that we've talked about here before called the Tricorder Transmissions, where we are outlining every episode of that series and what's the website people can go to for that? um the tricorder transmissions.com okay what's a tricorder and what does that it transmit it, what does that mean because i can never remember the name of this show yeah. because i don't know what the hell a tricorder yeah. is what's the a tricorder is like the um the scientific uh piece of equipment that they carry with them that analyzes things so uh what do they analyze this isn't uh, how they beam each other up no if they beam down to a planet and there's like a weird rock They'll they'll scan it and then the tricorder will tell them, um, you know, information about it. You know, it's it's carbon based or, you know, it 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 weighs this amount or it's, you know, radioactive or whatever, you know, uh, a plot device they need. Now, did you go with with alliteration with the three T's because this had three C's in it? Well, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I was when we were putting that show together. I know how hard we worked on Camel Clutch Cinema coming up with the awesome name that you ended up coming oh, up with. Wait, wait a minute. How long did we work? I think we had like three different options. We were like, it could be this, this, or this. That's still a lot, though. Okay, yeah, but if, I'm saying it was like 12 minutes. Yeah, well, I think here this was more uh, a couple of hours or maybe a couple of days, and um, the alliteration. What, what were your other choices? I, you know what? I would have to go back and look through text and email exchanges. Um, I really don't remember. I've um, had people say to me, they're like, why Camel Clutch? And I'm like, it's a famous wrestling hold. Yeah. And and a lot of I think a lot of people don't know that. And what's funny is I think a lot of current wrestling fans don't know the Camel Clutch as a wrestling hold because it hasn't been used by anybody for any, you know, it, it has, it's not a, it's not, it, you know, John Cena doesn't do one. I know. And if he did, they would call it something else. Right. So I think it's, it's almost forgotten. And the thing that comes up to me all the time is there's a blog called the Camel Clutch blog 
that has nothing to do with us. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'm, love I'm so... to have something to do with them. I don't I know. know I, I keep asking. <laughs> yeah. Say, hey, guys, you know what? You don't need to do a podcast ever. We've got one for you. Boom, done. But I've always liked I always liked tagging cinema onto it because it gave, you know, like I thought for people that that knew what wrestling was, you know, but I think our other choices were all like they were like, um, you know, like uh, front face lock films. or you <laughs> Yeah, know. yeah. Well, the alliteration is really good. And I, I do it's know that easy. was. Yeah, I do know that was that was uh, something that we wanted to do when we were. We were coming up with a name for the tricorder transmission. Right. Now, but now on your show, though, you're going to do all of them, right? You're doing that one now, the original series, but you're going to do all of the the Star Trek shows. Um, ideally, we, yeah. I mean, if you live long enough, <laughs> yeah. There's uh, 700 plus uh, episodes of Star Trek TV programming, so uh, we're doing basically one episode a week. The original series ran seventy nine episodes. Um, yeah, and we're thirty. I think this week will be episode thirty for us. So uh, we're cruising along, but we're also going to detour and do the movies. We're going to do the animated series. We're going to do some uh, some other interesting stuff along the way. So, but you may not get to this one until you're you're old and gray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now here's the thing. So I had uh, when I was a kid. I, I watched Star Trek on TV. I, I certainly wasn't a fan, but I had a Star Trek T-shirt, which I only know because I found a picture of me wearing it. And I do remember having points of my life where I debated whether Star Wars or Star Trek had the guy with the pointy ears. And that's how I can always tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, but I've always kind of meshed them together. And, and my thought, I, I had a friend who was really into Star Trek uh, – for years and i always was like that's a lot of work that just seems like a lot of work to be into that i mean he was always like studying languages and you know and it's like anytime i talked to him about it i was like i'm like 50 pages back here i could talk to somebody about hey you're into golf i've never watched golf what happens like well you know they take the club and they hit the ball and i'm like i'm with you you know (laughs) but but like for star trek i never understood what was going on now you uh Maybe about 10 years ago, you and I sat down and we watched all the Star Trek movies from yeah. the, the very first one to the very last one. Yeah. And that was probably the most Star Trek I'd ever and – I, and I loved them and I was fascinated by them. This – what we're watching here though, where does this take place? Because I don't recognize – Data's not in this. No, So yeah, where they, is this? Um, after the original series, they did The Next Generation, which is – you know. Uh, quite popular in its own right and that's where you got data from and captain picard and Riker and all that after that they did a series called deep space nine mm-hmm. and voyager pretty much runs right around i think voyager and deep space nine actually were on the air at, at the same point at one time which shows how right. amazing it was that there was two star trek shows on on tv and one of them had Whoopi goldberg and that's not the one we're watching right she was on next generation okay and she won an emmy Here's and she had a crazy big hat. That's what I yeah, remember. Guinan, yeah. But here's what I don't understand. So, the the Star Trek Nemesis, the movie, yeah, that came out in theaters well after this came out on our television. Yeah, yeah. So they were making movies with the cast of a show that wasn't on the air, and they were showing episodes with a new cast. Yeah, I, I think the the model was hopefully probably you know in paramount's mind was we'll have a, a you know a tv show 
Um, we'll spin it off into movies. We'll start up another TV show, spin that off into movies, and then start up another TV show. They'd, so they'd have like a, a constant flow of, I see, of I you know, see. and, and unfortunately it, it didn't work that way. Um, but Voyager did run for like seven years, you know. Now, here's something I found out, by the way. Uh <laughs> The big show is on an episode of Star Trek, what, Enterprise? Yes, and Zeus as well. <laughs> yeah, Tiny Lister, that's yeah, right. Which is a, a series that I haven't really gotten into. Enterprise is interesting because what they did is they ran, um, I guess, the Star Trek story as far into the future as they could without really just spinning their wheels. So they said, hey, let's go back and do stories before the original series. So before Captain Kirk was was captain of the Enterprise and, and Spock was around, we'll, we'll go about uh, 50, 60, 70 years before that um, and tell more stories. And um, I never watched it um, for no other reason than I just never really got around to it. And there's enough other Star Trek stuff to watch before I do get to it. But it is a series I eventually uh, plan on watching. The great thing about Star Trek in general is every episode of every series is available for free somewhere. Either, um, you know, you have your Netflixes and your Hulu Pluses. But also, if you go to StarTrek.com or CBS.com, their episodes are just up there, which is awesome. Okay. So, yeah, that's I watch this on CBS, but uh, CBS.com and and it had boy, it had a lot of commercials. Oh, yeah, I, I was, remember pulling it up and seeing all the the, the point breaks, you yeah, know, like the little breaks where you'd be like, oh, that's where the commercial's going to be. Yeah. And they would be like six commercials to go and they'd be like, it's your Sapphire card. Enjoy <laughs> your Sapphire card. And there was like this and because they only had like six commercials and they ran them each six times. Yeah. And so like one of them was for the Chase Bank Sapphire card. And they had a woman and she was outside of like some some lodge in Maine and they had the name of the lodge out in front. And then there was a guy chopping a coconut in half and every time I watched it, I was like, I don't know what's going on in this commercial. And and thankfully, this brought the show down to a level I could understand because <laughs> the esoteric nature of this commercial. Now, I watched this when this was on television. And I remember around this time, SmackDown was on UPN. Yeah, so this was like a big, uh, a big crossover event. Right. <laughs> and, but they were crossovering everything. Oh, yeah. USA Network had uh, Monday Night Raw, and they also ran a show called Pacific Blue, which had an episode where, like, Triple H, H yeah. he was like a drug dealer. We got to <laughs> do this one day. I think he's like a drug dealer, or he heads a gang or something. We'll have to watch it and find out. All I remember about that episode is they get to Triple H, and we hear the DX theme music, and they show him on screen. I remember you pointing that out, how funny that was. <laughs> and then there was an episode of G versus E, where I believe they're at a bar with Mick Foley. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, there was, I mean, it was constantly, you were like, oh, there's another wrestler on another show. One of the ones that always stood out to me was for a long time, I was told by uh, the early earlier versions of the internet that there was going to be a a uh, Bob Holly Crash Holly movie oh, goodness. called uh, Operation Sandman Warriors in Hell. And so the night that they debuted this movie on UPN 9, I got my bowl of popcorn and I sat down and it starts up and, oh my God, there's Bob Holly and there's Crash Holly. <laughs> 
and after before the cl- opening credits, they die. Oh, <laughs> you know, so it's like it, they were done. It was like an Edge thing in high in the Highlander Endgame. It was exactly like that. Only yeah. it was the TV version, so I had spent no money. Uh, but so this was one of those. The Rock was going to be on this show. This was 2000. The Rock was. I mean, millimeters away from being the biggest star in the world in just not just wrestling, but in in movies. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy was on the brink of 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 something huge. I watched the DVD extra, which is uh, right now on YouTube and you can find it on our uh, on our Facebook page, which is brand new. You can find it on Facebook dot com slash Camel Clutch Cinema uh, you can you can see the video I posted it up there and and I'll, I'll tweet it out on our brand new Twitter account, Craig. Fresh out of the packaging, Camel Clutch Pod on Twitter. Uh, I'll tweet it out later. But anyway, the point is you can see this. Somebody put this clip on YouTube, and in it, you know, The Rock talks and he's in makeup, and uh, then they have like the producers of the show and the first guy that comes on. This uh, this this guy, his name's like Rick Berman. Rick Berman, yeah, he was a creator, co-creator of this show. Yeah, he just always reminds me of Chris Berman from. Uh, <laughs> not always. This one time I saw him, he reminded me of Chris Berman from uh, ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he comes on and he's like, "Have you seen this clip, Craig?" Um, I don't think so. Okay, so he comes on and he's like. We had The Rock on the show, and the thing that surprised us all was that he was able to act. And in <laughs> retrospect, it's so stupid. It's like, look, dude, he's more famous than anybody on your show. Yeah. Anybody you worked with. He's like one of the biggest stars. And granted, The Rock is not the greatest actor of all time. Yeah. There will never be an Oscar with his name on it, I I believe. But... He's now such an accomplished actor that to hear somebody say that, it just sounds stupid. But at the time, The Rock, this was like one of his very, very first acting, if not his first acting performance. Yeah, I mean, this predated anything he did uh, in the Mummy franchise. Yeah, so it's very cool. Rock uh, was a guy, I mean, in retrospect, looking back, obviously, it's easy to say, you know, he's a good-looking guy, he fits the part, you know, he can talk. Uh, but he was he was great in this. So let's uh, let's break down this episode. What's it called again, Craig? Soon Katze. Soon Katze. So this starts up, and we find out in the opening scene that there's like this. These are Klingons, right? Um. Well, on the Voyager crew, there is a, uh, a, a, a Torres, Lieutenant Torres, who is half human, half Klingon. Okay, I don't know. Wait, wait. Follow with me on this, though. Mm-hmm. We're watching these guys fight in this intergalactic UFC. Basically. Are they Klingons? No. What are they? Uh, um, oh, goodness. They're I'm monsters not... of some kind. Yeah, they're, they're some alien race that... Uh... But is the Rock a Klingon? No, he is a Pandari. Okay, but he looks like a Klingon. I always thought the Klingons were the ones with the wrinkly foreheads. Yeah, a lot of the Star Trek aliens have uh, very complex upper head stuff going on. Why is that? Why <laughs> I don't know. Is... I guess it's the easiest place to put makeup without obscuring their face. I guess. <laughs> I thought I, I, I have. This is my first note. Klingon UFC. Yeah. Um, so we see this octagon. It looks like, like a Simon game. Remember that from like when you were a kid? 
Yes. It looks like a vi- it looks like a weird like not a video game like an electronic Leco game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he holds up his hand after winning this fight. We see a fight. Yeah. And then we get to the opening titles. This is note number two. Opening titles too long. That's yeah. my note on that. <laughs> what did you think of the opening titles for this show, Craig? You're you're familiar with the old show. Were these longer to you? I know. I think it felt about the you know the standard length for a Star it Trek felt opening. Felt about eighty minutes long. I'm just yeah. watching a ship slowly sail through with a bunch of names. Yeah, with some great music playing over it though. Well, now is this it. the is this the original theme or a new theme? No, yeah. Every show had its its own theme. So Vo- the Voyager theme is its own. But it's based on the the original theme to a degree? Yeah, I think they all, you know, there's jumping off points. I see. Yeah. In the titles, we see it says guest star The Rock, no Dwayne, no Johnson. Yeah. Which Uh, is, you know, it's funny. It was always weird when you would see Dwayne Johnson, um, you know, when he started using that credit. um, And that would seem weird to me. Now seeing this where it was just The Rock without Dwayne Johnson, it felt weird to me. I got to say, his dad, Rocky Johnson, one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, did him such a disservice disservice (laughs) by giving him the dorkiest name of all time. That was the reason we, I mean, if his name had been Frank Johnson, we would have been like, yeah, Frank Johnson. I could go with that. If it was, if it was Joe Johnson, we would have been like Joe Johnson. He's going to be a big star. Yeah, yeah. Dwayne? I mean, look, what do you think of when you hear Dwayne? I think of, like, what's happening. That's what I think of. Yeah. I think of what's happening and him sitting alongside Roger and Rerun. Yeah. It's it's a tough name to come with. Now, I do remember an interview with The Rock from around this time that always cracked me up. I believe it's true, and it it I hope it is true, and I hope I never find out that it's just you know a bit of that uh, you know show business talk. But the oh, rock, like the, yeah, you, you know you're going to say the Jet Li one. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the Jackie Chan, you know, uh, mm-hmm. physical comedy, kick low, kick high thing. Yeah, no, what yeah. this is is when they do these interviews, uh, Jackie Chan will always he always says that explain this to because i don't think i think most people don't know uh his whole thing with his buster keaton physical comedy yeah Yeah, he was basically i think talking about how he developed his his style that he you know that he you know his fighting style would kick high and he would kick low yes and he would make a face like buster keaton (laughs) we the reason why Craig and I find this funny is because we noticed just independently of each other that this was in every single interview he ever gave during his run of American motion pictures. Yeah, so, it's like somebody had like the Jackie Chan soundboard. That's right. So uh, The Rock had one of these moments when he did the uh, the Mummy 2. He kept, or no, the Scorpion King. The story was how he knocked out uh michael uh, clark duncan michael clark duncan on the set you know that the rock didn't know how to pull his punch (laughs) and he knocked out michael clark duncan and i don't believe it happened but who knows but i believe this was one of those things where rock was like "Ooh, i caught you and michael clark duncan was like i'm okay and and the publicist was like you guys if you say he knocked you out this is gonna we could talk about this on the press tour and then michael clark was like okay you knocked me out and rock was like i knocked you out and they went and did this well here's the thing the rock when he was doing his press 
for his early film work said that he went to the movies with his mom to go see uh, The Mummy 2, the one where he shows up as a scorpion. Yeah. And he said his mom, this is the wife of, of Rocky, Rocky Johnson. Johnson, the daughter of High Chief Peter Maivia, saw this movie and then on the way out of the theater made The Rock stand next to the poster so she could take a picture <laughs> with her camera as people are walking by and The Rock said he's embarrassed oh, standing man. next to this poster and people are looking and it's like, is that the guy that we saw in that movie? And he, mom's like, stand no, to the left, to the right, That's and nice. then taking the picture. Mama. That's, to me, that sounds like such a mama thing. So I yeah. would love to know that his mom's like this. I do know that The Rock gave her a car a few years ago, which he, he gave it to her for like Christmas or her birthday and tweeted all about it. And it was really sweet. Yeah. Do you follow The Rock on Facebook? No. Okay. Here, This is what The Rock does on Facebook. Every couple days, he's got like eight pictures. Now there's got to be an assistant running this account. Yeah. So they'll they'll tweet out a, they'll, they'll Facebook out a picture of him with a stack of pancakes, twenty eggs, whatever, and it's like the same shot. And it's like eating my food, going to eat up food. You guys want to go out and conquer the day, you know? And so he'll have that picture. And then the next day, it's like him posing in a garden. It's like get some fresh air and and. and Flex your muscles. And then, like, the third day, it's like him behind the wheel of a car flexing his arms. It's like, you got to drive like you own the road. I'm the rock. And it's – and but what I've noticed was because, like, one of the pictures came up and I was like, I think that's from Pain and Gain. Yeah. So I looked it up and I was like, yeah, it's a picture from Pain and Gain. What the hell is he posting it now? Like, it, like it just happened. Yeah. And then I realized Rock has, like, eight pictures and he just <laughs> – he's just reposting all of them. Oh, that is funny. So uh, so we get this weird cook. Was this a regular star on this show? Yeah, that was uh, Neelix. Oh, God, I couldn't stand this guy. It was like it was like Garfield was working in the kitchen of this yeah. ship. Out of makeup, uh, you probably would recognize him as a guy from uh, the TV show Benson. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, I... I I guess I'll have to look him up. So he shows up. Um, he's a he's a very worried gentleman. He's, yeah, he's got a sunburn, too. Yeah, he, he got burned by two suns at the yeah. same time. He's uh, he's making an ointment for himself. Yeah, in the commissary, yeah. Yeah, that seems pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry Ryan's character, Seven of Nine, uh, is there, to your knowledge, are there one through six and eight? Or is she the only one of seven of nine? Well, yeah, she's number seven of 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 nine. The it, the Borg. She was a a a, a, a Borg, um, which is a human that is assimilated by this, uh, you know, mechanical alien race from uh, the fourth dimension that would basically take alien races, human beings, what have you. And assimilate them and turn them into uh, one of them, and they would uh, share this hive mind. And okay. um, right. Seven of Nine is is a a, a a reformed Borg, if you will. So she is somebody who um, was deborged at some point, and is uh, <laughs> during the course of the series uh, rediscovering her humanity. She's not into this alien UFC. She's like, oh, it's barbaric, and I'm half robot. Yeah, well, the funny thing about it is Star Trek as a whole has this very sort of positive view of the future. It's, uh, 
you know, it's a, a future where you have the United Federation of Planets. So it's it's a future where everybody gets along um, as much as we see it in the series. Um, violence is really, really considered a last resort. And, you know, in the original series, you know, and a lot of the ones after that, they were on, like, exploratory missions. They weren't out looking for trouble. So the whole idea that um, the crew was so into this blood sport uh, was kind of amusing to me. My next note is Jerry Ryan is kidnapped. She's adorable. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that seems like a completely uh, accurate statement. Okay, so we see the Vince McMahon of this federation of UFC fighters, and he's got like his beard, no, his mustache is like combed into his hair. Yeah, that is another guy that we know. Who is he? That is Jeffrey Combs. Oh, okay. Tell who he is. I, I do know this actor. Well, I, I don't think the reference I'm going to drop is going to be one people know, but I want to talk about this because I know this is a movie me and you both love to death. It's the uh, late 90s movie called uh, Caught Up with Bokeem Woodbine. Such a great movie. Where, um, not to get spoilery on it, but Jeffrey Combs has a very, very memorable appearance in that. But um, he was also in Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what he's probably most famous yeah, for. Yeah. yeah. I didn't recognize him under the makeup. I will say, and we don't have any reason that we will ever review it in its entirety, uh, but Caught Up is a fantastic movie and really one that people should seek out. Yeah, and that's a movie where, you know, uh, you know, when that movie came out on DVD, you know, the commentary tracks were all the rage. Oh, yeah. That is one of the only commentary tracks that I've listened to more than once. I've probably listened to that commentary track like three or four times. Oh, it's great. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine talks about learning how to be drunk by, you know, drinking and writing down what he felt like. Yeah. Because he said he had never really – he wasn't a big drinker, so he wanted to, you know, be drunk in the scene. So he sat there and would write it down. It, it's a really good commentary track. Maybe we'll have to come up with some bonus episode yeah. on Caught Up. Yeah, and I, you also have the cinematographer talking about how to light uh, bald black people. That's true. Yeah, the yeah. cinematographer was a white guy. Yeah. And there's a long conversation with him and Bokeem who, if you don't know the actor, Bokeem Woodbine is African-American or black. And he talks about – Bokeem is like, you know, so you've done a lot of films, but you mostly had white casts. Was it different lighting black people? And there's some very frank discussion about how difficult or, or the difficulties in that, you know, and what the difference is, which I – I thought all of that was just fantastic. Uh, yeah. I think commentary tracks eventually kind of faded away, but they before they faded away, they became very corporate and very, yeah. you know, I think like this one was during the, the brief moment where nobody at the studio had any idea what it was. And they were just like, you guys just give it to us and we'll put it on the DVD. Yeah, yeah. And and if you want to do a really, really awesome double feature, go out and uh, get Waste caught deep. up and then get waist deep yes. with, with Tyrese. Um, and it's 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 a great little double feature. And they both deal with the idea of uh, what the three strikes rule, I guess, in California was really big at the time. Mm hmm. You know, where if you you know got convicted of a crime three times, you were you were going away for life. And that uh, was it. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, work, they work really well together. I'm I'm, I'm kind of uh, disappointed that it was never sort of uh you know, a loose trilogy. Yeah. Well, we still got, I mean, it could happen. Yeah. But, uh, Oh, those, those two are just fantastic. Yeah. So, and I've met Jeffrey, right. Uh, Jeffrey uh, Combs, by the way. Ooh, wait, wait yeah. a minute. I don't think yeah. I, I, I must not have been with you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell I, me the story. You know, I, I, I walked by him at Chiller theater once 
And um, oh, you I, know what? I was with you. Yes, he was in the back corner, yeah. and you asked if he had any caught up yes. pictures. <laughs> yes, I remember this, and, and, and he didn't. So I ended up just getting a picture with him instead. That was very cool. Yeah, nice now, guy. Yeah, fantastic. And All he right. was also uh, on Deep Space Nine a lot. This is his only Voyager appearance, playing a completely different character. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, so she says she'll fight in a match. Uh, there's something about red cards fighting to the death and all kinds of stuff, but she'll yeah, fight in a match yeah. if Captain Chewbacca. <laughs> I, I, the first time I was like, did he just say Chewbacca? And I had to back it up. But Captain Chewbacca is Tubak. But the first time it sounded like Chewbacca. Yeah, I think it was the cap and the Chewbacca together. Yeah. Uh, but if if he's like healed or fixed or not eaten or something, yeah. Well, when they kidnap Tuvok and and Seven of Nine, they're on like a shuttlecraft, and they get uh, an explosive gets beamed onto their ship and ends up exploding, and Tuvok gets uh, injured in that, so he's got severe burns that they'll they're willing to treat if if Seven of Nine will 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 fight in the arena. All right, so we see the weird cook, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the match. I'm going to go check it out. And then there's, like, some kind of weird Klingon diva match going on. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, 18 minutes in of the commercial-free episode that I was watching on yeah. CBS, finally, we see The Rock. The Rock comes out. He's got Klingon forehead. He's yeah. a, what did you say he was? A, a Pandari. Pandari. Yeah, and, and his character is actually unnamed Pandari champion. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it like in the interview with him, and they're like, champion, just under <laughs> his name. Uh, so he shows up. He does the eyebrow. Yeah, he's the rock. Yeah, he's great. So he's fighting Jerry Ryan, and what we find out is they're not fighting in front of the crowd. This is an empty arena match, and what we find out later is they're on a ship that's moving around, and then beaming it to another location where people think they're watching them, but they're watching a hologram. Yeah, it's a complete plot convenience to make it harder for the crew of Enterprise to rescue Seven of Nine. So she jobs out to the rock. I After thought, the rock bottom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, exactly. He hits her with the rock bottom. And then that's it. They're done. Uh, now, I watched this. Now, she had a moment where she could have beaten him. And she, she, she doesn't take it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I watched this. And I remembered when this was on television. Because I, I watched all of these spinoff things. Because I couldn't get enough. Yeah. And what I remembered about this was that I remembered that the end of the show was – her beating up the rock. And until I watched it for the second time for this recording, that's how I thought this show ended. So I, I must've probably after that point, I kind of tuned out, waited for the rock to come back and he doesn't, it's kind of a very straightforward story after this. So it's kind of easy to kind of just let it flow in the background. Uh, but so she loses to the rock and the, the weird cook is like, oh, no, seven of nine, you could be hurt. And then the, the woman who's the Captain Kirk of this ship, who I am sure there are some amazing photoshops of her naked, just knowing that this older woman was the head of this ship. I know there's got to be some kind of weird slash fiction out there and photographs. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, so she agrees to to let this weird lizard man that shows up, and he's like, "I am a hunter." 
she's like hunter hearst helmsley and he's like no <laughs> just a regular hunter and she's like all right well you can train me yeah so they they talk about now i don't want to jump ahead i know you yeah. got something to say but they talk about the book which is the sun katsu yeah. The, the book that the title is based on, and she's trained from that. So what yeah. say you, Craig Cohen? I was going to say that this is the role that The Rock should have played. The trainer. Yeah. The good guy. I. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, it's mainly because The Rock's in this episode for three minutes. Yeah. Um, And, you know, selfishly just wanting more Rock oh, in my and- Star Trek Voyager episode. I was like, why didn't they have him be the trainer? And then you get the big fight at the end. And in retrospect, it makes more sense because he's a guy that is a big star and is charismatic. And these people didn't know it when they made this. But no, you're absolutely right. Uh, This guy trains her and then goes on to fight her. And it's almost not believable that he could be that tough. Whereas if it was The Rock, to me, it would work better. Yeah, the, the whole time I was watching that episode, I was like, man... Why didn't they do that? And it might have been like Vince being like, you can have the rock for half a day or whatever. Well, I think that probably was the case. Um, I do. I've heard Jerry Ryan give an interview where she talked about how she worked on like a Mortal Kombat TV series. And she talked about how she had fought the rock and kind of joked about this. Uh, But she she had some memories of this, you know, that this, I guess, is one of those resume things that once he became a big star, it was like, let me always mention this if if you know fight choreography comes up i fought the rock once on an episode of star trek yeah and she took the rock bottom which not a lot of um people can say you know outside of the wrestling ring now her stunt woman was an accomplished olympian according to the the behind the scenes thing i watched and they showed her and she seemed really good and uh the funny thing is you know the the video of them behind the scenes is great because it's filmed without um, without the sound effects and without the cuts, and it looks totally ridiculously fake. Yeah. You know, there's like the contact is so bad, and you're like, how could this possibly work? And then when you watch it in the show, produced, it works perfectly. Yeah. So she fights her trainer. There's this weird shootout where they're like, oh, we found the ship, but it's too big. And he's like, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Huh? Huh? You know, that's what happens. And then some Delta flyer does a run in. Yeah, well, that's that's the Captain Janeway. She was a, she was away a on like a, some kind of shore leave based activity, and and she returns to uh, save the day. Yeah, I I got to tell you, I was lost for mm-hmm. all of this. I had no idea. Anytime they were on the ship and not fighting, I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she goes to kill the lizard guy, but then they're beamed on board, and he's like, kill me. You know, <laughs> I, you've learned well enough to, to kill me. And they're beamed on board. Uh, they, they're going to send the lizard back to his own hunting party. And uh, she she gets his his like little medallion. Is this a Star Trek thing? Not He's like, that this I... is a trophy for you, part of my clothes. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think that was something that was I expected that was like when he pulls it off, because it's like holding his overalls up. I thought <laughs> they were going to fall down. And yeah. he'd be like... I'm naked. What are we going to do about this, Jerry Ryan? (laughs) I thought he was a cool character overall. I mean, he had been in captivity and forced to fight for like 19 years. When he was captured, he was captured with his son. And they pretty much alluded to the fact that the son was deemed too young to fight. So they pretty much dispatched him in some way. So he was a really cool character. And I, I was glad to see that he had 
as close to a happy ending as a character like that could get. And then Captain Tubak has a heart-to-heart with Jerry Ryan where he's like, you didn't kill him, but you would have killed him, and I thought you were great, and you're (laughs) really hot. And then they roll credits. Yeah. It's kind of a sweet little ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the crew on on Voyager, there were a lot of of really cool uh, crew members. You had you know Tuvok, who was the the Vulcan. He was like the Spock of the uh, of that of that series. But you also had like the uh, the Asian guy Harry Kim, and you had Tom Paris, and you had Chakotay, who had the tattoo on his face. He had like the Mike Tyson thing. Um, and you had the holographic Doctor. Um, so there was a lot of cool characters on that. It was a uh, it was a show I watched for a while. I didn't I didn't write it out till the end with that series, but uh, I got pretty close. All right. So before we get to wrestling at that time, Craig, do you tap out to this episode of Star Trek? Um, it's funny because as a Star Trek fan, um, I, I I would judge this episode, you know, differently. Um from a Star Trek perspective versus just a, a camel clutch cinema, how much did I enjoy it perspective? And if I separate it, I say um, I do not tap. I think that this is a, a weak example of what Voyager could do as a series. But overall, it's uh, it's an above average TV episode in terms of, you know, outside of the, the Star Trek minutia, if you will. Um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, the Rock's uh, short appearance was great. And uh, it's it's a cool sort of what they call bottle episode where, you know, there's not really uh, any story um, that you're jumping into. It's a self-contained story um, without any really, you know, big continuity stuff that you have to know going in. So, uh, no, I, I don't tap. All right. So very good. I, I watched this and I found that for me as a wrestling fan, when The Rock ended his scene, you really you knew as a viewer that there was not much chance he was going to show up again. Yeah. You know, it was kind of played like, that's it. He's done. He did his thing. Maybe she might have a rematch with him later, uh, but she doesn't. And so he shows up for the one scene and watching it. I was, when it ended, I was like, Oh dear, we got to, <laughs> we got to half of this thing to go, but it, it plays. It's easy to watch. Um, it's not it's not too hard to watch. I will say if you're on the fence, just go on YouTube and type Jerry Ryan fights the rock, watch the fight and you got all you need. But if you're in the mood for a little 45 minute and I will tell you I thought this was going to be a half hour. Wasn't that original series a half hour? No, it was it was an hour. Always always yeah. an hour. Okay. So this was twice as long as I thought it was going to be and I feel it does drag in the second half mostly because I'm watching it for the rock. Uh but hey, you know what? It's not too bad. I'm not going to tap out to it, but it's not I, I I will tell you if you're on the fence, just watch the fight or just watch a couple clips of the fight and you'll be you'll be good. But it's uh it was it was fun. I mean, it was a uh, it was a fun adventure. So at the same time as this was happening, what was happening in the WWE, Craig? Well, later that month, um, on February 27th, in Hartford, Connecticut, at the Hartford Civic Center, the WWF had the No Way Out, uh, the no Way Out pay-per-view. Now, you watch this again because you have the WWE Network, Craig. Yeah, that is... Um... It was a great excuse to sit down and watch this pay-per-view, and uh, the network has just been a uh, a really, really cool uh, part of my life for the last month. 
Did you watch the whole thing beginning to end? Did you skip yeah, yeah. around? Yeah, no, I didn't skip around at all. Ooh, I started solid. it. You know, uh, some of the matches I might have got up to, you know, to get, sure. you know, get a drink or, you know, or, you know, but yeah, I, I let it play as if I had ordered the pay-per-view live. Now, there were there were a couple uh, dark matches that were on Sunday Night Heat that weren't shown. Uh, the one that I was slightly more interested in was uh, Mosh with Thrasher at ringside defeated S.A. Rios with Lita, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, oh. By disqualification for the light heavyweight championship, there was also a, a uh, Ivory and Midian versus Jacqueline and Funaki match. Wow! But what you saw started out with Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho. Yeah, for the for the IC uh, title. How was this match? It was pretty cool. It, it uh, this was one of those pay per views that had a lot of, uh, I guess you know you know, booked finishes, you know, meaning that there were, there weren't a lot of clean wins in this pay-per-view. And, uh, this one had a really good, uh, ending where the, the IC belt ends up in the ring at some point and Jericho does that. What's that move where he jumps off the rope and does like a backflip on, onto you. The lion salt. The lion salt. And, um, of course, um, you know, while he's doing that, the, the ref is distracted and, um, you know, Kurt Angle holds the belt up and, and Jericho basically gets brained with the belt. Uh, uh, really cool ending. China was in Jericho's corner. Yeah, which was weird for me because I, I, I hadn't really followed up on, you know, I, I know they had feuded for the for the IC for the belt title. For he won it from her. Yeah. Yes. And um, yes, yeah, so... you don't remember because we watched this together back in 2000. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that they were together until I looked at this uh, pay-per-view again. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because she comes out on her own. She doesn't come out with him. Yeah, very strange. I yeah. mean, I think it was one of those, hey, we had enough time feuding them. We'll stick them together for a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, Dudley Boys versus New Age Outlaws. New Age Outlaws still kicking it in WWE, and Dudley Boys still kicking it in TNA. Yeah. Good match. Uh, Mark Henry against Viscera, the the late, great, very recently departed uh, Nelson Frazier as Viscera. Yeah, and and the 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 great thing of this match was it was a good way to sort of remember Viscera, and for a big guy, um, you know, I, it, you say this a lot about a lot of big guys, but Viscera he could really move, and there were quite a few instances in this match where. He came off his feet and, um, you know, was 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 really agile. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that was packaged so many different ways and he seemed to uh, to get over in each gimmick, which uh, you can't say about a a lot of guys. So, uh, you know, for for two big guys, it was, you know, it was a a fun match to watch and it was under four minutes. So it it wasn't a huge (laughs) commitment. Right. And uh, Mae Young at ringside. Mae Young has passed away uh, within the past, you know, six months. So yeah. And and she was with child here. Oh, my God. This had done the big splash on her prior to this. And they were worried that she was going to lose lose the baby. All right. Hand. Now, I want to bring in, before we end this, I want to bring in uh, Captain Marvelous. Uh, Let's see if we can get him in here now. Oh, excellent. Ahoy, hoy. Hey, Captain. There he is. All right, so I'm going to try to get Killenberg on here now. All right, now we are not finished with our show, but we're almost at the end. But I thought you bring your gang on, and we'll wrap our show, and then we'll start your show. All right, good. So right now it's Killenberg. Yeah, it'll be like a Texas tornado. That's right. Okay. Hopefully, 
We're going to have another special guest. I don't want to ruin the surprise yet as who it's going to be. Oh, a mystery opponent. <laughs> yeah, mystery opponent. So you're going to be facing the Undertaker player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so actually you caught us. Um, we were mentioning, I was uh, I was sharing a link to the Dame community. I posted it on Facebook so that you could buy the shirt Jerry Lawler was wearing last night. Oh, God excellent. Almighty. The actual one or one just like it? No, the actual shirt. Apparently, it's available for sale at shopelvis.com for but twenty fifty. The one he wore or the or one like it? No, one like it. So you twenty dollars and fifty cents? Twenty two dollars and fifty cents. I'm buying one. It's amazing. It's an amazing shirt. I'm looking There's at no it right question. now. Yeah, that, yeah, that was I, I the craziest link. shirt ever. You could go to offtherobes.net on our Facebook page, and the link is right there. I'm, I'm buying one. We are discussing right now uh, No Way Out 2000, Captain. Do you remember No Way Out 2000? Uh, refresh my memory. I'm sure I saw it. <laughs> I, what I remember about all the No Way Outs was that the initials were NWO. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, I mean, I'm trying to get Killenberg on the line because I know that he loves when people call it the NWO pay-per-view. <laughs> ever. So Edge and Christian defeated the Hardy Boys in a tag team championship uh, contenders match. Took about 15 minutes. Sounds and like you a had, good match. Yeah, and you had a Terry Runnels heel turn. She Ooh. she came out with the Hardy Boys. She had hired the APA to, to, to make sure there were no shenanigans. And then in a Russo-like swerve, she ends up causing the shenanigans, and she, uh, she cost the Hardy Boys the match. Horrible, horrible. But this next match, I did not watch this part, and I'm shocked about reading it. There was a Taz versus Big Boss Man match that ended in less than two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, – I think uh, Prince Albert just did a, a run-in at some point when uh, Taz was about to put was Big Boss Man in Was this one of those where you think, like, you know, did he have a, a, a stroke or something? Why did he run in? Was it like on Raw this past week where all of a sudden Jack Swagger is like, I'll interfere in this match <laughs> yeah. for no reason? Yeah. Um, my biggest takeaway from this whole match was seeing Prince Albert, who is now Tensai, um, in his Prince Albert – Wait, wait, oh, obviously, now I was told this, I didn't believe it, and I actually watched this next week. He is no longer um, Tensai. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he's not. He's, what, what is his name? It's Albert. His name is, uh, like, Joseph Albertson or something yeah. like that. Like, uh, I saw NXT. Yeah. Or... yeah, I saw him announcing on NXT. I thought he did a good job. But the thing here that that was um, it was almost like a light going off in my head is is why Tensai looks so different than Prince Albert aside from the piercings is when he was Prince Albert he um, he didn't shave yeah. he had chest hair he had arm hair he had back hair he had the sweater going that's right um, yeah. and as Prince Albert he was completely clean shaven which I never you know did a side by side comparison I just knew that he looked different than when he was Prince Albert. Uh, well, I know there came a point when he shaved everything but his back and his chest, so he looked <laughs> like he had a sweater vest. It's the way to rock it. I think that's actually when he was A-Train. Okay. Fucking that, yeah. Now, uh, Too Cool uh, was on this card, which was uh, Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati, and Grandmaster Sexay. Yeah. Uh, this was part of this six-man tag match, the three of them versus the Radicals. Yeah. Remember the Radicals, Captain? Oh, yeah. I remember uh, – well, I remember two of them. 
One of them I remember fondly, and there was a fourth member that I, for some reason, got erased from my mind. The ones, the, yeah, the, the one, the one, the one you're talking about. Hanging up because I'm trying to get Killenberg on the line. You're gonna hang up? I, I, it might end up hanging up when I answer him. If, if You've got a ten count, we'll Captain, cry. to get back to the ring. That's right. So the thing that blows my mind about this Craig Cohen, yes, is that uh, Scotty Too Hotty follows my Twitter account, but not my Camel Clutch Cinema Twitter account or my own Twitter account. He follows my Drunk on Disney Twitter account because the man is a big Disney nut. Yeah, I remember when you you told me that he was following that account, and uh, I know you had a pretty big mark out moment. And I, was I so had excited. a mark out moment for you. I mean, I, I it, it's amazing to think that Scotty Duhati navigated uh, on his Twitter to to that Twitter page um, and said, "I'm following this," and and realistically, probably listens to Drunk on Disney. He has. I've actually conversed back and forth with him. He has listened to it, and so I've, it's amazing. That's, that's the beauty of of Twitter. And social networking and the internet oh. in general. I mean, it's amazing. I want to get him on the show. He knows. I mean, this is a guy who he lives down there in Florida. He's a regular theme park goer, a guy like Mick Foley that just absolutely loves those parks and knows about them. Yeah. He knows about them more than most people. All right, we got two big matches here. The mm-hmm. Rock was on this card, wrestled for less than 10 minutes against the Big Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Captain, what do you think? Rock versus Big Show. Oh, I'd love that match, especially by the 15th time they had it. <laughs> this one had a, a returning Shane McMahon uh, helping um, the big show. The stip was that the the winner would be the number one contender for the uh, the WrestleMania 2000 uh, championship match. Yeah, which was weird because it was um, like six months away or something. Well, no, well, no. This this was what uh, this was the last pay per view before WrestleMania. Oh, okay. So this was right around. Okay. Yeah. But the weird thing is, uh, the month before this, me and you were uh, separately at the Royal Rumble pay per view at Madison Square Garden, ah. where The Rock won. So at some point, The Rock traded in his title shot to um, fight the Big Show. I guess I don't know why the why The Rock would have given up his title opportunity there. Why would um, Rock do such a thing? Yeah. All right, so this was the February one. I'm probably confusing it with No Mercy, yeah. the other no pay-per-view that happened that year. Yeah. Uh, Triple H against Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack uh, was was uh, was the third persona that we had seen from Mick Foley in WWE, but the original persona that he had, you know, that he had made his name as. How was this match, Craig? Well, this was a Hell in the Cell match, which was interesting because they padlocked the door, so you weren't able to get out and do a lot of the crazy um, on top of the cell spots. And this also had the stipulation that if uh, Mankind or Cactus Jack lost, um, he had to retire, which I guess he did for eight weeks or whatever until he came back at Mania. <laughs> yes, of course. But uh, it was a good match. Oh it had some good spots. And, you know, it, it's always cool to see Triple H sort of um, – in a match that you don't really think about him really excelling in. But uh, he went here, and they had uh, some really good spots. And, of course, um, at some point, the cage gave away, and they were able to go outside, and they ended up on top of the cage. There was a uh, a two-by-four wrapped in uh, barbed wire that was set on fire, and, you know, Triple H got hit hit in the head with that. You know, you had a couple of cool mix spots, uh, you know, the biggest one being – Mick uh, getting uh, thrown through the cage into the ring and uh, 
the ring sort of collapses around him when he hits the mat, which was pretty great. Uh, really good match overall, and uh, it was a, a hell in the cell I, I enjoyed watching again, even even if uh, uh, Jim Ross was sort of going with the Undertaker man, uh, Mankind um, hell in the cell commentary where he said, oh, my God, he's broken in half about six or seven times. <laughs> Very nice. Get well, somebody out here to help this man, please. You know, it was like, and you're like, they tried we know to it's a work at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly. like, we know that he lived through the other one. <laughs> well, very good. Well, it looks like Killenberg is online. Killenberg, hi. Yep, here I am. Hey, Killenberg. Hi. The captain, you're ready to start off the rope, so we better hey. wrap this up. But everybody's got to go from here to the after party over on your website. What is it, Captain? Yeah, everybody, head to offtheropes.net, where you can actually see proof that the WWE Network owes me money for Ooh. using my image without my permission. <laughs> now, this is offtheropes.net.com or offtheropes.net? It's offtheropes.net. So there's, it's not O-F-F-T-H-E-R-O-P-E-S-D-O-T-N-E-T dot com. Dot net. Okay. Very good. Off the ropes dot net. So, well, well, damn them. Is that a boxing website? <laughs> it, I think they sell rope. I have no clue. <laughs> they actually got, a, they actually got an email one time from some dude asking... If we wanted to uh, buy like e- extra rope or something that he was selling, well, let me <laughs> let me just say before we wrap up Camel Clutch Cinema here, my friend Widget Walls runs the NeedCoffee.com website, which is a comedy website, and he said for years people would email him and say, "But do you guys sell coffee?" And he said at one point a light bulb went off in his head, and he was like. Why don't I just sell some coffee on here? <laughs> he said he made a ton of money off of it. Just started selling some coffee. So, all right. Well, that'll bring this one to a close. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Captain. Thank you, Killenberg. And we'll see you next time here on Camel Clutch Cinema. So you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crap. You're a Skittles plus my Skittles. Tag team. What are you doing up there? What's that smell? <laughs> wrestlers in the movies guy and craig podcasting movies with some wrestling will they be left tapping look at the scene in question that i am watching they just took john cena's wife now he's off to the streets now he's riding on top of a trolley fighting bad guys in the chopper and a course winning now he's seen a swimming pool and makes out with his wife got the remote in my hand and now i'm sleepy eyed I'm a tapped out gangster TV set banger And my homie sits down so don't arouse my anger Double, double E It's so blind to see That with these movies They make no money Down goes Jimmy King Oh my god, a four post massacre No one can survive this This isn't even a pay-per-view